It's time to clip your last good piece and dig in because the runout starts now. Remember in the good old days, you remember the, the the show, the lifestyles of the rich and famous. I do remember yeah. that. I, that was like, that was one of those shows that I think I saw when I was like home from school, sick. Right, uh, Robin Leach. Mm. It was like the British guy, the lifestyles of the rich and famous. It felt like the precursor to the modern age of of wanting to kind of know everything about your like celebrity people because right. they would go into their houses. You know, and and show off like where they kept their underwear and you know all these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. And then there was uh, MTV Cribs too. It was all part of that trend. <laughs> right. Do you remember MTV Cribs? I do. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's I've I've like noticed just recently. I mean, it's been a growing thing, but there's been these couple events that we've had sort of full access to via social media that have kind of like up the game as far as like celebrity climber watching Mm -hmm. that we've slowly without wanting to like become sort of addicted to right where we want to know every detail about these people's lives and we we want their lives to be like magnificent and fabulous (laughs) well do we want to know it or is it just foisted on us i think i mean is it you know it's like a chicken and the egg argument right yeah like it's a market thing like there's a market for it, mm-hmm. are, and we're the market for it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't unfollow these people out in disgust or for my mental health. I, I tune in just as much as everybody. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, I mean, specifically referring to like the um, the recent Honold second wedding or whatever it was, because didn't they actually get married during COVID? Uh, yes. Yeah, and the, yeah. but there was like a, a like like really like a Hollywood gala. <laughs> level kind of event that you know because the thing about the way the media works is that when these climbers have these events and they all go all of their social media so if you follow all these people you can get you know days where that's all you're seeing mm-hmm. is like pictures from these events um and then the other one is our friend Emily's and Adrian's wedding too was like this huge climber studded i mean <laughs> It seemed crazy what they did. Well, it was what was crazy the wedding itself or just the attention it received. Both. Yeah. Like I I mean the 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 Hollow wedding like really felt like a you know like a black tie event for climbers and yeah. everybody was there and it was more of that it was more of this like kind of red carpets feel mm-hmm. of like oh look who else is here look who else oh there's peaches you know like and everybody's just kind of dressed up, which is sort of cool because you don't see the climbers. But, you know, obviously uh, Jimmy Chin's there and his family. And, you know, so it's it was really like watching like the, the you know, the lead up to the Oscars kind of thing. Like right. there should have been an actual red carpet. Right, right. And then I thought that, I don't know, the wedding in, I think it was in Ecuador. Where, where yeah. was it? Yeah. I am. I am. Yeah. 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 It looked like insane. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> They, um, we were invited to go to that, but we didn't, we I couldn't assumed. make it. Yeah. But, um, I wasn't <laughs> noted and neither uh, of us were invited to Honnold's wedding. No, I okay. wasn't invited to that. Um, <laughs> but it almost feels like the press should be invited to these things. Now. Cause it, I mean, that's the way the other stuff works. It's like everybody, like, a, I mean, a, a, like a true movie star wedding, like it's supposed to be a private event, but you know, they make sure that the right people are there to take the right pictures to make the event like a big deal. Yeah. And I don't know if we're there yet, but it like the way they're, they're, they're showing up on social media certainly feels like it's, if it's not quite consciously curated yet, it's getting there. Well, we have, we have larger than life people and climbing now. I mean, like, I think I, I, I checked this on uh, Google trends like a year ago. And so it's probably still true, but, I think Alex Honnold's name like ranks higher than just the word rock climbing or like the search rock climbing. Right. So like Honnold is like literally bigger than rock yeah. climbing. That's why we bring him up every show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's part of the, it's part of the SEO. You yeah. just have to say Honnold. <laughs> you have to say Honnold, big wall climbing, port a ledge maybe. <laughs> 
Um, I, but yeah, it is just like an odd thing. It's going to, it's, I think for our generation and us in particular is kind of like, you know, cynical dirtbag type folks. Mm -hmm. It'll never not be weird to just see so much attention paid to climbers who are just dirtbag climbers, you know, and live the life and like kind of do all the climber things that we do. But yeah, it's just weird that, you know, Honold's wedding is like in gossip papers and uh impending delivery of a child is it's going to be covered with the same fanfare well you know what it, it, i was thinking about was the you ever read the new yorkers talk of the town mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of what it like which is it, it's just like, it's like this socialite yeah it's socialite yeah. like new york scene yeah and especially if you go into the really old ones if you ever like see an old copy of it it's like total gossip mm-hmm. among like really just a handful of people know these events and they all go to them. And like, there's people that go to every single one of them, these, you know, these socialites. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the fact that there was so much crossover between those two weddings, it made me think of that. There were so many of the same people. I mean, in particular peaches, you know, James Lucas showed up is <laughs> at both of them. And I just kind of like thought of him as like that, you know, there's some, you know, old money, lady in new york that just goes to all the art openings and the galas and all am i saying that word right galas i think it depends on if you're from east egg or west egg right okay but anyway like they go to all the art openings and they're just there and they're like you know dupont money like 10 times removed but they managed to keep it together to go to all this shit it's like that's i kind of saw peaches as that guy i mean clearly he's good friends with all those people but i just thought it was funny it is a little (laughs) it is a little boulder centric too like the venn diagram of of those two crowds is is largely overlapping with like kind of like the cool in crowd in boulder and happens to also overlap a lot with like the you know the professional climber class yeah there's like a conduit between vegas and boulder that's gone really strong Mm -hmm. too yeah so yeah, it is weird. I mean, it just is weird. Well, then we have like, the whole all the baby announcements too. You know, we've got we've got the 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 impending Honold child coming, and then yep. we've got Andres, you know, talking about or announcing pregnancies on these things, and and I, I mean, I I made a joke like that we didn't really care about who Backer was. I mean, if, if we think about like previous climbing celebrities, right? He was kind of like one of the first like poster child climbers that actually, you know, would get on these like talk shows on the news or be on the covers of non-climbing magazines. And and I guess that was the first thing, but we just don't have, I guess we just didn't have the access, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we did pine for it, but it wasn't there. Yeah. Or if it was, if people tried to do it, it would be like super cringy and like people would just mock it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't have the that kind of shame filter anymore. It's just like very, um, yeah. It is it is a celebrity culture now. And- well, we're inundated too because I was thinking about like let's say backer, and honestly, like my whole kind of psyche around John Backer is populated by about like six or seven photos of him. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, literally, like I know I've seen more, but there's like a handful of them that create who he is because that's all there is right that's interesting and they get anytime there's a retrospective article you get these handful of you know him on bearded cabbage or you know there's like these handful of things like fidelman photos or whatever right that just get recycled and that's that's it that's all that's our glimpse you know of this one person and it's it's like that is completely out the window yeah i have more pictures of you know these celebrity climbers, my brain, that I have pictures of my family in my mm-hmm. brain. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's all there all the time. So, so one of our past guests, uh, Natalie Barry at UK Climbing, you know, sort of jokingly pointed out on Twitter that there is this post Olympic baby boom of Olympic climbers or baby or marriage boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shauna Coxie is, uh, has has got a bun in the oven. She is dating uh the, I think his name is Ned who's uh the owner of Beastmaker and they announced their child with a beast in the making onesie mm-hmm. which I thought was cute. And uh who else Andra and Eva are going to have a baby and um and then we also had the uh Tomoa Narasaki and Akio Naguchi 
to uh you know olympic medalists from japan who kind of announced their the fact that they had gotten married in this kind of very almost press releasey kind of way i don't know if there's like a language barrier there mm-hmm. but it, at least the caption in english read is like it's time for us to alert the the plea the, you know the plebeians of <laughs> of our social media following that we've that we've eloped um no you know no disrespect right. to them but it, it does it does take on this like characteristic of we're celebrity royalty who need to feel obligated in a way to inform the hundreds of thousands of people who follow what we do every single day that this has happened in our lives right and which you can understand why they would feel the need to do that but it does it, yeah i don't know it must change your psychology or the way that you view yourself and the world around you to be so famous and it's just jarring to see that you know derangement in, in like people who are just like us who are just right. climbers right only much stronger and better and more talented and good looking <laughs> and, and all of that looking. yeah <laughs> well, and isn't that the i mean that's like we're like that's a joke but it's also it's the thing yeah it's, it's like the thing yeah our fabulous lives you know this is our fabulous lives yeah and this if you only climbed better than you do you too could have this fabulous life right. that we have that's interesting and and part of the deal is is that never that that also was not popular possible mm-hmm. you know our our biggest celebrity climber john backard you know he still was a dirtbag right you know it's like they got oh you got a couple hundred bucks to be a stunt double like was a a boon for them in that era but we ha- we now literally have this like people who are lit are jet setting as it were um, and living a life of this kind of bizarre luxury that it was never afforded any professional climber up until about you know ten ten years ago. We um, we so we haven't crossed into the territory of the celebrity climber who's just like gone like full coke bender and just destroyed their life. Yeah, like the behind the music, like the yeah. third third. Uh, I always say the third commercial break and the behind the music <laughs> right. is when shit hits the fan. <laughs> And we're only we at, got we, a third commercial. Yeah, we're break. still at the. We just still just got, got back the second past the second commercial break is when they're on the rise. Right. The third one is like when we return. You know, it's like <laughs> Alex Honnold hits rock bottom on behind the climber. You know, and, and then they they start doing the pictures. He eats a of, whole sleeve yeah. of Oreo cookies right? <laughs> and passes out on the couch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. We still we don't really have that. So, yeah. um, somebody needs to. We always used to joke in the band that all the the bands that I've been in that like. All right, once we get famous, who's who's the one who's going to get the fucking <laughs> terrible addiction and die? Somebody has to do it because we'll not be famous until that fucking happens. Totally. So who are we going to throw to the throw to the wolves out of these people? We'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Because the thing about it, dude, it could and, be peaches. Oh come on, <laughs> he's doing good. the The thing about it is that as much as we we like want this like look at their lavish lifestyle, the dark side of this obsession, if you look at celebrities, is that we also want we want the the sacrifice mm-hmm. you know and i say we like the public that 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 hangs on all this stuff where i think that it's it's totally obvious that when somebody does fall or says the wrong thing or like pulls some shit that that gets them you know canceled or whatever you want to call it these days we're there for that too right and yeah, that's a two way. Well, and you can feel it in the in the you know in the comments in the media now. There's people who the the very fact that somebody is famous is enough for them to start to hate them. And climbing's, I think, maybe even a place where that might be you know even more kind of roiling under the surface already because we we have this like anti-establishment kind of vibe that that has always run through it. Yeah, this isn't the best story, and I have to kind of be careful with telling the details because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But um, I got texted by a former editor I worked with who uh, saw Jimmy Chin's Instagram where he had, you know, was posting photos of Alex and Sonny's wedding um, or second wedding, and and she was just like, she's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, why is is Jimmy being paid right now to like? promote Alex and Sonny or something like why now is 
because she didn't realize that there was a second wedding. She oh, just right. remembered the first one. Oh, and she, right. So she, she, her go-to instinct was there's some like kind of media gimmick or there must be some kind of like thing that they're promoting that no one cares about. And right. so, you know, and she's not, she's not even a climber, but she's an, a, an editor in the outdoor space. And it was interesting to see that cynicism, like just, that was her initial reaction was, what is this? Like, this must be fake. This must be some mm-hmm. kind of paid sponsored posts to, you know, to promote something or another. And yeah. And so I think that that is the, that it, it, you know, that is the default, you know, mentality for a lot of people who are, you know, so-called fans who like all the posts on Instagram. And as it gets bigger and bigger, you're going to see more of that, I think. Like an attack. Not an attack, just like rolling your eyes, right. like oh, the you know the this the rich and famous couple is like saying this now, like who the fuck cares? And I don't know. We're kind of like right on that borderland between oh, I really adore these people and think they're great and right. aspire to be like them. To yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, I you agree. know what I mean. I totally agree yeah. because it's there's a backlash basically against that kind of. I mean, like uh, uh, who's the goop lady? Um, Jen, um, no, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow, like we, there, there, you know, there has to be like this sacrificial lamb of where just like they go so far that like it just, you can't believe how like, uh, obnoxious they become kind of thing. It was the vagina yeah. eggs that did yeah. it for me. <laughs> the, for you specifically, yeah, it was the vagina it, eggs. Yeah. When Gwyneth Paltrow said vagina eggs and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. But you know what I mean? Like it becomes like really obnoxious. And, and, and like, I think, but that's the problem too with us again, like an older generation coming from the don't sell out land, you know, like that's, we started in the world of you, that was something that we seriously like, talked about yeah. all the time. It's basically written in stone. Yeah. yeah. And now, I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe every, like, I don't know, is there, are there people that are, you know, in their twenties for whom this is all just like, you know, they're just lapping it up without any rolling of the eyes whatsoever i think it's just seen as normal i mean like i think i don't know where i saw this but like the number one job that you know gen z wants to have is like a youtube star yeah influencer like they want to be like on youtube and like making videos okay you know so yeah we're out of step we're totally out of step Yeah, yeah. yeah totally yeah but yeah, I don't know. Fuck it. Like it it looks weird to like see the New York Times cover, you know, our friends' weddings. Right. Like they're like they're royalty or something. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean and also we I wasn't invited to either of them. Which is really <laughs> That's what this, this is really this about. is really what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want me to troll your wedding, I'm gonna run out. I need an invite immediately. <laughs> It's just gonna be part of the deal. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you gotta invite Kluth. He's got, you gotta invite. Him. <laughs> he probably won't come. Don't worry, I probably won't come. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a, it's a little bit of a crapshoot because I might, but mostly I won't. So it's not a big deal if you just send me an invitation. I'll... But you, one hundred percent, will be slandered if you don't get invited. Exactly. Yeah. Dorian Evers is a climber and couples therapist at Cultivate Therapy in Boulder, Colorado. After watching some recent climbing films, ahem, free solo, she reached out to us with the idea of having a conversation about relationships in the climbing world. What works, red flags, and how to be good to the person you supposedly love, beyond merely giving a soft catch. Just so I know, it's helpful for me to know just your experience with therapy or couples therapy. And if there's none, that's totally okay. I just kind of like to know. You're going to leave this conversation uh, horrified by whatever the equivalent of an emergency room recommendation is for for therapy. You're going to be writing a prescription for us. For people people who need therapy. You're going to have an intervention. Yeah, Um, yeah, because I have none. I don't, I have no therapy uh, Mm -hmm. background in, in like for any reason. I have been to one of those people. 
Uh, yeah, I just generally don't talk about my feelings. <laughs> well, actually, the grief episode was beautiful. So there is emotional awareness here. And I know that. Yeah, so. that episode is one of the reasons I stopped talking about my feelings. No. Uh, <laughs> kind of, joking. but not really. No, it was it, it was more the um, it was more the, the video yes. I did with those guys that I talked about right. in that episode. Um, I said, yeah, that, that was like as much sharing as I'd done in like 20 years in like 20 minutes. <laughs> I know. I so. heard that and thought that must like, yeah, that was, that was not maybe the space to, to have a, you, like you might need a restorative experience would be very helpful. But anyway. Right. But yeah, tell us a little bit about your, um, what you do professionally. Um, and maybe also throw in a little bit about, um, your experience with mm-hmm. the climbing world. My name's Dorian, and I am a couples and individual therapist in Boulder, Colorado. I see people in person, and I also see anyone in Colorado online, which is really nice. And I work with couples, mostly using something called emotionally focused therapy, um, which is a type of therapy that helps couples understand what's happening in their relationship and be able to have different experiences so then they feel seen, they see each other, and they're able to communicate in a different way that feels really caring and connective. And so that's what I do. As far as my relationship to the outdoors, I am always outdoors with my husband and just with you know myself. Um, and as far as myself with climbing, I climb. My husband climbs a lot more than me, and that's what I notice, right? This is what's drawn me to the outdoor relationship piece is when there's a difference in stoke for climbing, how do you navigate that? And how do you make sure that that doesn't become a strife in the relationship? Um, And that can be for anything, whitewater kayaking, mountain biking, paragliding, some of these like high maybe high risk sports for some like you can take it to a pretty extreme level helping couples stay connected through that but I climb I am you know probably your average front range climber to be honest um you seem much nicer than the average front range climber I know that's why I'm like (laughs) yeah I mean (laughs) no I mean so so Dorian Uh, you you reached out to us um kind of it seemed like you had a lot on your mind about relationships and specifically relationships as the outdoors and, you know, kind of distinguishing or delineating the the kind of um, structure between, you know, a romantic partner and a climbing partner, you know, climbing is just like an interesting sport that's kind of differentiated from a lot of the other outdoor pursuits in that you, for, unless you're Alex Honnold, you have, you end up having to climb with someone and you have to make decisions together and you have to, uh, there, there's just a lot more um, complexity than, you know, a running partner or, you know, a kayaking buddy or something like that. So um, climbing sort of unique in that sense. And uh, this is just like an endlessly fascinating topic. Um, you know, so Chris and I thought it would be really fun to just talk about, you know, specifically about couples who are maybe doing it wrong. Because, you know, if you're in a happy relationship mm-hmm. and you've got a great yeah. climbing partner and a great romantic partner, then, you know, you, mm-hmm. you can stop listening now. Um, yes, right. And uh, I'm sure zero people have turned out, turned the podcast <laughs> off after saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, we all have, uh, we, we all struggle, um, you know, in romantic partnerships and in climbing partnerships with, mm-hmm. with dealing with this other person. Um, and so your expertise and insight seem like gold worth mining and Thanks. sharing with our I listeners. So what was it about some of the outdoor films that you've seen in the last you know, few years, like uh, Free Solo, you know, which kind of tracks Honold's relationship uh, with Sonny at the time and, um, you know, the kind of early stages of their, their partnership and how they were kind of figuring out what their roles were and maybe the Don wall or just, I don't know, what were the films that you saw and what, what, what were your takeaways as a, a, a therapist? Yeah, I couldn't help but have my couple's therapist lens on. And I want to put a disclaimer out there that I don't know these people. I don't know their relationships. I haven't talked to them, but I just get like a snapshot of their relationship. And 
what I noticed right in free solo with Alex and Sonny, what I thought was so interesting was almost like what I would hear from people who would watch it. And they would say, wonder about their relationship, wonder about how are they making it work? This Alex is putting himself in some really big, like risky situations there from the common person, right? That feels risky. But how is Sonny navigating this situation, knowing that her partner is taking these risks there? And you don't really see the conversations that are probably happening behind the scenes. I think there are some really tough conversations that are happening where you know, one partner is real. This is their identity. This is them climbing. And this is what makes them feel alive. And so, of course, their romantic partner wants to hold that. But they also have fears and worries about their partner climbing these really tall walls without a rope. And so I just was, I wanted to be a fly on the wall in that van and hear what was happening when the cameras were off. And how they were navigating that, because I also wondered, how is this relationship having an impact on Alex's headspace as he's climbing? Are her worries penetrating his head and his mindset? I don't know, but I wonder. And how does how do they talk about that so he can stay safe doing that? The answer um, to that is no. No, no. What, what's the they were Alex wasn't thinking about that. He was just focused on free soloing El Cap. Yes. <laughs> right right well it's i mean the the lens thing is important because obviously the filmmakers you know chose to portray that you know relationship a certain way in an interesting way a way that would be i you know controversial because they they you know they were in the van the whole time and then they took a few pl- times and a few things to so it is really hard to know so you are you are just basing it on what they've sort of given us um but then again you know uh i know alex somewhat personally andrew does too and so you know there it wasn't hard to believe that that's i mean i said i say that as a i say that um, as a joke but i I, I heard a lot of those in part not a joke because i think that all guys is it maybe it's a a flaw of of men to um To just be in their own worlds in a way that, that that women don't understand, or that women wish that they weren't, um, and I, I, I say that from my own experience. Like, I tweeted this, I made this snarky tweet the other day about um, the feminine urge to think the word, most self-critical thoughts about yourself and then project them onto your husband as if he's the one who's been thinking them all along, which my wife does all the time. It drives me nuts. And, you know, and just last night I was doing the exact same thing. So there, there's like a masculine version of that where I was upset that, you know, I was stressed about work and my website was broken and it was pissing me off. And then I started spiraling into blaming my wife for things that she didn't do. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and that, you know, that those are just like boring uh, real life examples. But you, you, that happens as climbing couples, too. Like if you if you fail on your project you know you can you can instead of addressing that failure that you didn't send your route you can start picking apart the things you don't like about your significant other or that your belayer or you know something like that um so that's where the that's where that like complexity you know (laughs) that messiness really comes into play is that miss that disconnect between what's actually going through someone's mind and what the other person thinks is going through someone's mind is is that is is that um is that a, a universal thing or is it, am I just a terrible I, person? Um, no, it's so universal. Andrew, I feel like you could be the couple's therapist <laughs> right now. I mean, what you are saying is so true. And you're touching on such an important point of there's so much that can happen that you can bring into the relationship. And what, you know, if listeners take away anything is to what you just did, Andrew, is to get honest about what's happening in the relationship and notice when you're coming home and starting to blame and first taking a step and saying, I'm noticing that I'm actually feeling pretty disappointed about this climb that I did. And I, and I feel like a failure with it, or I'm trying so hard with this. And when I come home, I see my partner there, my romantic partner there, and that's who I'm going to take it out on and just take a step and say, 
okay, what's happening? What's happening with me right now? What am I bringing right now? What can I do differently? What can I lead with instead of why isn't dinner ready or whatever? There. This is going to turn into uh, my own therapy session. Sorry, Chris. Um. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. When you just yeah, when she just said you know. could be a couples therapist, I was like, well, it's. I mean, sometimes it's good when the therapist has gone through all the things that they're trying to fix. But, uh, I'm just going to start um, being really honest in front. Of, I, Are you allowed I, to drink go around during, uh, no. during go around the crags and um, offer my unsolicited okay. couple relationship advice to couples um, with this new this newfound credentials. <laughs> Right while they're fighting, you insert right when they're having their little their their total yelling match. That's when you come in and offer yeah. it. Listen, she's yeah. upset because she's inexperienced, and he's upset because he didn't send his project, and that's why you guys are fighting right now about your dog. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, I mean, it's true. It's never about the dog. I mean, it's rarely about you know the vacuum cleaner or about whatever we're fighting about. There's more there. So um, you just identified the um, this little tip to just kind of be vulnerable and honest in front of someone else or in front of your romantic partner with what you're going through. But I found um, my own experience, again, just that it's easier to just, you know, like uh, clearly I'm like self-aware enough to realize this dynamic is happening and, and catch it. And that's enough. You know, I don't take the extra step to just, you know, audibly... Uh, communicate this uh, vulnerability because um, that's like seems like too far it's just too it's too difficult honestly and it feels like it's just enough to be self-aware and then kind of bottle it up inside and that's fine so what's the what's your beta for taking that next hard step of actually doing the hard work of of communicating that that insecurity i'm glad that you're naming that too because it is it is so hard to take that step there's something inside us that says don't don't do it. It's it's dangerous. You have that fight or flight even in the same that you ha- would have on a climb. You have it in your relationship. And so, of course, the first step is noticing the dynamic. And you can start really high level and just say, "I'm notice. I notice that I'm doing this. I'm shutting down there." Because the thing is, is when you're shutting down. Your partner, your romantic partner is seeing the shutdown, but they're not seeing everything else that's going on inside. They're not hearing the thoughts that are happening. They're not hearing maybe the care or you wanting to be connected to your romantic partner. They're just seeing the shutdown. So they're going to have their reaction. And it might be anger. It might, they might go to a different room. They might do something with that information. But if you name what feel, whatever feels safe, you kind of test, put your toe in the water and test it and see how that goes. Chances are you're taking a step towards connection and doing things different. In climbing, there's just a lot of complicated emotions and feelings and fear and adrenaline and um you know it's just like an emotional sport in a lot of different ways and so do you think that that um because climbing as a partnership can be so complicated and especially if you're a beginner climber you don't really you're kind of wading into these like really intense emotions um and sort of inexperience that does that make it harder to have a relationship with a person, like become romantically involved with someone or more fraught with complications? Or do, do you think that the climbing experience can make, can actually make people have a stronger relationship? Or is it some kind of like pressure test that has an effect on relationships one way or another? I guess another way to say this is if you're a new climber and you're, you're just trying to figure out your role as a climber, is it wise to also complicate that by pursuing a romantic interest in your climbing partner at the same time. I think if you have a solid belay relationship, you are setting a really good foundation for a romantic relationship if that's where it's going because you are being clear about your well hopefully you're being clear in communication. You're you're saying when you need your partner to take, when you need safety, you're telling them when it's been too much and you're needing 
you know, to take a break, or if you can't do that, you're going through everything in in a hard climb that you would in a relationship. And so you're setting the stage for a solid romantic relationship because you're naming those fears, you're naming those worries, you're having these tough conversations. Hopefully you're being comforted in when the climb doesn't go well or, you know, given like a pat on the back to make you feel better. It's starting there. And and if that belay relationship isn't going well and you notice that maybe that belay partner isn't being supportive or pushing you too hard or not listening to your needs or kind of feeling like you're forced to go harder than you need to go, then maybe that's not a good romantic relationship and maybe it won't work out if you don't address that. It's a good test. It's a good test. That's really fascinating, actually, that it would go that like basic to where like, yeah, if they're a good Valera, then maybe it's going to work out because it because and I want to say, you know, the thing I noticed and I joke about it a lot, actually, is just, you know, when you're at the cliff and you and you sort of are listening to to a romantic couple climbing together and it's like not working out or it's starting to be crumb cringeworthy or there's tears or there, you know, and I've just, I mean, I've just shake my head. I'm like, God, this is, you guys should just bail. Like, it's, right. you know, what is the, uh, um, with Dan Savage's mm-hmm. thing? Like yes. DTMFA yes. or whatever, yes. <laughs> you know, dump the motherfucker already. Yeah. If like he, and I'll say he, because it's generally he is being, you know, a, a total asshole, either yelling at the Blair or yelling at the climber. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Oh, get out now. Like, don't. Don't live in your van right. together for another right. year where you just right. can't stand each other. Like, and, and so it's funny you say that because I've seen that as a real indicator. Like, no. these aren't the only problems no. this couple has. <laughs> They're just manifesting themselves on this rope. The other thing that I think, uh, and you, and you, you opening with the with the free solo movie, um, I think is cool because it, the risk. I think the fear. Um, is something that when we talk about, you know, let's say a couple that, I mean, road bikes together or, you know, there's a whole bunch of other sports that can be very intense in very different ways. But, you know, there's these extreme sports, you know, climbing included, have a fear danger factor. And I think, again, watching sort of couples unraveling or, you know, their uh, relationships being reduced to like, you know, a a smoldering mess in front of you on the climb like the fear becomes a big, big part of it. And, you know, the differentiation in how the two people approach the fear and things. So what's your comment on, on what the, like the fear part of climbing, um, can sort of do to a relationship and, and, or how, how to sort of navigate partners that are working together mm-hmm. on different fear right. levels with I, climbing. So with fear and in, with rock climbing relationships, regardless of, you know, stoke level of rock climbing, you know, it comes down to being honest about the fear. And a lot of times what I see in my co- in the relationships that I work with is a lot of times the woman is the first person to name the fear there. And I have an example, right? Um, my, my husband went climbing in Rocky Mountain National Park. He left at like 3 a.m. and it was 10 p.m. and he wasn't home. And that was really scary for me. I didn't know what to do. It was midnight, not home yet. That was really scary. And I I obviously freaked out a little bit because I was worried for the, like, if my husband was alive, basically. I didn't know what happened on that climb. And to most climbers, they're like, yeah, that is normal. That happens. But to me, when I don't go out to Rocky Mountain National Park, I don't know. And so... What I had to do was I had to name that fear and it had to be held by my husband. It had, it had to be seen and just hearing, yeah, that must have been really scary. That was enough for me to be like, ah, oh, okay, thank you. And now let's go get an inReach so then I know to not call search and rescue on you because <laughs> that would happen, it, you know, like it would because it's scary. So I think naming the fear. And so say your romantic partner names the fear. How do you as the climbing person take that fear? 
do you push it away? Do you dismiss it? Do you say, oh, I'm such a good climber. You don't have to worry about that. I'm okay. Nothing's going to happen to me. That doesn't do a good job of consoling your romantic partner there. That heightens the fear. And then that, that person, that romantic partner who's not climbing says, well, I'm still scared. And I'm just going to be more scared now. And what does that do? So being able to slow down and hear the fear is important there. First of all, that situation, you were completely legitimate to be scared. And your guy is in the wrong for, for putting you in that situation. Because, you know, even at Rocky Mountain National yeah. Park, you can usually get a text out. Yeah. And yes, yeah. you guys we have did. an in so now, now right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just uh, I'm just I'm just I'm just um you know. Thanks for validating. Logging in on validating your side, my that's late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's super right, late in the modern right. age. Uh, anyway, but you know, it, but I mean, and the reason I say that is because you know you there's all these really logical reasons for you to be scared in that situation that I agree with. Um, and also not knowing what to do, like who do you call, like how do you get in touch, and are you going to be you know, annoying the search and rescue people because, yeah, anyway, I've been down the road. But, um, the, I mean, but then if we go to just sport climbing, let's say, because that's, you know, I, I tend to see these things happening like right there next to me at the sport cliff. And that's where I think there there's a big breakdown with that is because just because it's sport climbing and you have no problem falling on a bolt, taking out oh, steep, you're not going to get hurt, but you know, all the things we talk about sport climbing, it does not mean that the, that your partner is not scared of it because it is, I mean, it's still scary to fall even above a bolt. And oftentimes I, I just see a total dismissal of a person's fear, sport climbing, um, and bouldering. I mean, I think bouldering is really scary too, if you get high enough off the ground. And so, that that's kind of like more where I see this like real dismissal of someone else's fear as if they're they're just overreacting or, you know, um, and so I mean I, I it's the same solution you're giving, um, but I think it's it's important to remember that it it doesn't matter what you think of the fear, it's what they thought of it, and fear is not an emotion you control easily or at all. You can like work with it you can learn how to deal with it but it comes whether you like it or not i mean even alex going back to alex honnell he he talks about being scared it's what you do with the fear so it's it's a real i think it's a real problem when you want to dismiss someone's mm -hmm. fear when it's and it an happens so frequently too because we have a reaction right. to that fear ourselves which is okay so if that person is afraid you are gonna fall is there a part of you that you're afraid that you're gonna fall too and get hurt and maybe that's mm -hmm. not being acknowledged either there you also like have to acknowledge uh, you know my partner steph she gets very scared when i'm climbing mm -hmm. something above my gear mm -hmm. like she's mm -hmm. scared down there for me mm -hmm. if you will but it's not scared for me it's scared for herself and that's the, the one that I always, you know, you said something about how he, you know, you can be like, well, I'm a really good climber. I'm not going to fall there. And, and I can, I've definitely said that. I've definitely said those exact words. Like, there's no way I'm falling right here. Like, and that is another way in which you're not necessarily acknowledging this idea mm -hmm. that their fear is real, even though you have it. In, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like the fear thing is so complicated and it's so much of a burly topic that again doesn't apply mm -hmm. to a lot of things that couples mm -hmm. do together even sports wise um right. outside of right. like i said extreme sports so what i notice that can kind of stoke that fear as well is you know if you fall and there's your your romantic partner and belay partner see some see you fall and see it be quite traumatic have you talked about that fall have you processed that fall together be really honest about the feelings around it. Because if we talk about it, the fear goes away. The emotions go away if we're honest about it. If we don't talk about it and we hold it in because we feel like we can't with our partner, then it just escalates. And then the next time we go out and climb, your partner might get, your romantic partner might get angry or sad or might not want to go climb with you anymore. And another dynamic that I've noticed in sport climbing pr primarily is 
this um, situation where people just try to communicate with each other at the distance of half a rope length. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're shouting at each other. And, uh, you know, someone's giving the other person beta on how to do a move. And it's being shouted. And it's sort of, I don't know, I think just like screaming at each other is not, it kind of elevates, or I don't know, it adds this like additional these like little needles that you know seem to <laughs> tweak people in like weird ways and i th- i find that um yeah that i don't know that just seems to be conducive to mm. interpreting something like oh you should try using this heel hook into this person thinks i'm too stupid to like figure out the heel hook myself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um actually i don't heel hooks don't work for me i'd rather do a drop knee there like this person is annoying me by telling me to do the heel hook and so yeah i don't know i just wanted to flag that as like yeah. a, a way that people seem to spiral into um animosity mutual mm. animosity <laughs> yeah, yeah. <right. laughs> a great place to build a relationship mutual right animosity. and you i mean you touched on something there right <laughs> by giving me beta are they calling me stupid there and that's you and you don't want to feel stupid in your relationship or think your partner thinks you feel stupid that you're stupid so that opens up a whole nother can of worms what is there anything to say on the um differences in abilities that climbers have mm-hmm. how how do people navigate um differences in in climbing abilities mm-hmm. whichever way that goes like what are the red flags that you need to be worried you know can just mm-hmm. aware of personally mm-hmm. to if you know if you're a uh you know a guy and you're the girl you're dating yeah. or i guess we're, we're speaking strictly of like the cis heteronormative relationships in this conversation yeah. which probably uh, is worth just flagging it but is, um yeah. you know if you're you know like when i first met my wife she climbed you know four grades harder than mm-hmm. me and so mm-hmm. um that was like an interesting dynamic that i just it, it wasn't a problem for me but i would imagine it seems like there are a lot of guys who it is a problem for yeah. and i don't know huh. why that is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah just like differences in abilities is is uh is like a i don't know there's there's a there's a way in which you can be spiteful toward a person for their success and or even you know condescending toward a person who's not as strong or as good as you mm-hmm. are and is you you feel as if they're holding you back in some mm-hmm. way and so th- those two there's like a, I don't want to call it a power differential, but there, I don't know. There's, there's a difference there that, um, creates yet another, um, complication in, in navigating these waters. It does. It does. And I'm really nodding my head here as, as you can see, because that is, it's true. And when there's a differential there, when one person climbs harder than the other, or maybe one is more into the sport than the other, that can cause conflict. And whenever there's a conflict in the relationship, it's time to to s- slow down and get honest about what's happening there and to name that and to say as hard as it is, wow, I'm feel like I'm feeling spiteful or I'm feeling angry that you're climbing harder than me and I feel less than than you. And that's hard for me. But what you don't want it to do is to come out in a passive aggressive way where then the partner that's climbing harder feels like they can't be who they want to be. And they need to lower themselves to your level because on the inside, that's going to challenge them and cause turmoil within them. So then it's on that romantic partner who's climbing harder to say, to be honest there. And to say what's happening on the inside and to name the resentment, to name the spite, to name that. And those are really hard conversations to have because just like in climbing, if you're going to reach for a really hard move and you don't know what's going to happen, that's the same thing. Is me naming this going to be the end of a really important relationship? Chances are not, but we have to take that reach and take that step to see. You know, the um, ability level differential can, you know, play into some just like truly some logistic problems of like how much how much time do you end up spending together climbing versus climbing with other people? Because, you know, it 
if you're sport climbing or whatever, it's not always as big a deal because you can each be working on your own routes. But other types of climbing, you know, it requires, and I, I'm in that relationship or maybe not quite as much anymore, but earlier on, you know, and I wanted to do these expeditions that, that took me away. And as much as I wanted to be supportive, I, I was not, I couldn't honestly say, yeah, you can come and climb this with me because you can't. And so th- that honesty thing is tricky because, you know, that's the truth and the honest part of the way I'm feeling about it. But it's also, uh, I mean, there's very difficult ways to say that um, without insulting the person <laughs> or making them feel mm-hmm. less or that you want to spend time with different people. You know, it, it, I think that to me when I read, you know, you sent us some sort of notes and some talking points and the Stoke level thing which plays into this ability thing, which plays into spending climbing time apart from one another. That's like a big heady mess for me. Um, and it's taken us a long time to work it out. Um, having a kid, which basically like destroyed both of our climbing times simultaneously <laughs> actually it, helped. It sounds like there's something there. <laughs> Cause that now we're we both screwed. We both don't get to climb, but, uh, <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's I've and in you know this is my current relationship. It's it's never not been a problem in relationships, whether the person climbed or whether they didn't really climb. This is I can't think of a relationship I've been in where this wasn't at least mm-hmm. bubbling around. Yeah, when you said that, I thought of that the new Fourteen Peaks movie too, and that relationship um nims and suchi i mean he was gone for a long 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 time and she was happy to support him and so there's something there happening in that relationship where it's working i mean that's a snapshot again and in a movie and maybe she just wanted to sound really supportive what i think is so important there is there are times where it's like you know this lifestyle isn't matching And this doesn't, this might not work. And there's times where, of course, there needs to be compromise in relationships. And I have a feeling that, again, if you slow down as the person that wants to go on expeditions, if you're able to communicate how important this is to you, how this is a part of your identity, this is what gives you life. And you're able to communicate that in a vulnerable way to your partner, to your romantic partner. And you're able to hold your romantic partner's feelings too about it. And to say, yeah, I know this is tough. There's something really beautiful that happens in a couple where they're able to see each other. And you then view that expedition as, ah, my romantic partner gets to go on this expedition. And I can't wait to hear about it when they come back. It happens. It does. And it takes really hard conversations that might not go well in the beginning, but you get there. You do. Uh, you know, one other thing to, to flag in the, in the climate relationship is that performance is such a part of how mm-hmm. almost everyone mm-hmm. at least sometimes approaches climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're in the gym, it's about trying something harder. If you're sport climbing, if you're bouldering, whatever. It's like we have to do something harder today. We have to try harder. We have to achieve more. The whole sport is like wrapped up in it. And that also, along with the fear, you know, it, it's such this touchy thing that um, that pops into there into the relationship, this performance, because we've all mm-hmm. watched people, you know, yell at their partners to try harder or not let them come down like that Ooh. one. Like when they say lower no. me and, and, and the Blair refuses. Don't do Jesus. that. It's like, no. I don't know who thinks no. that's a good idea. <laughs> do anyone lose anything? <laughs> when they're asking, when they're being clear with Just their lower needs, them when they want to be lowered. <laughs> do it. I know you want to push your partner, but no. Talk about it when they get down, but... <laughs> Well, it's a hard one to watch. That's a hard one. To watch. Yeah, anyhow. <laughs> All right, Dorian, I want a declarative answer to this question. No wishy-washy bullshit from you. Um, if if you are in a climbing relationship and a romantic relationship, and you're really pissed off at your client, the climbing mm-hmm. partner uh, person. Um, and it's just not going well at the crag day after day. Do you, is there any hope for the romantic relationship, or should you get 
Get the fuck out. Yes, there's hope with the romantic relationship. Of course there is. <laughs> it it's there's a lot of damage that has there not a lot, but there has been damage that has been done to the relationship. Period. There. If there's if there's like a climbing partner issue, there has been damage there. And so you think it's feasible to be in a romantic relationship with someone, but just not be, just not be good climbing partners? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's a good question. Yes, I, I do, I do think that it's possible. I do think that it's possible. Yes. All right. Well, as um as a newly dubbed um, uh, couples <laughs> pedigree ther- couples therapist at the at the crag, I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. According to Andrew, all this training, there's no hope. Fail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell us about your uh, your experience yeah. with, uh, yeah. with epidemiology right. too while we're at it. And, uh, yes. Because it seems like you're an expert about everything now, Andrew. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a special uh, COVID Patreon episode. Joking aside, though. It does seem like a big, you know, I guess to use a, cl- a climbing analogy, it seems like a big mountain to climb. If 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 you're both like super dedicated, passionate climbers, if if there's a if there's a large differentiation in in your stoke and what you want to do, that's that's another thing. But but it leads me to a question about the non climber climber relationship, which you know I've I've like I've gone I've gone in my own relationships all directions, um, but I find that when a, a really passionate climber is with a non climber, they st- still like aren't okay with it to the point where they try to turn that person into a climber, which I have done. So, so, you know, I guess if you are in those kind of relationships and feeling that, you know, disconnect from each other, do you have any advice about, about that, about how Mm -hmm. to sort of Mm -hmm. talk about your time spent together Mm -hmm. and, and where climbing is going to fit into it and and know first that it's pretty common. I see it a lot in, in these, in those types of relationships. Um, and I think it's important to to notice resentment when it's building because resentment will happen and to nip it in the bud before it gets too hard when that resentment happens. And again, the way to do it is to talk about it, to say, this is hard on me. My identity is a climber and you are really important to me and I want to climb. How can we make this work instead of I'm a climber, take it or leave it, go, go the other route. How do we make this work? Cause you are important to me. And this relationship is important to me because there's a lot that's happening under, under the surface, under the resentment there that the romantic partner is feeling that the climbing partner is feeling all of them. Well, I won't make you, um, plug the benefits of, of therapy because I feel like coming from you, it'll just, um, feel too self-serving, but, um, I've, I've been to therapy mm-hmm. and, uh, I found it mm-hmm. to be really useful in uh, my personal life. I haven't done couples therapy, although maybe after this discussion, we'll, uh, you'll, you'll be getting a call from Jen and I, Please. Um, yes. but yeah, I just, I just want to just put that mm-hmm. out there to listeners that, um, that therapy is a great tool mm-hmm. and it's um, there's a certain stigma against seeking it there out. Is. But I think that the more we can do to just make it like normalize mm-hmm. it, um, mm-hmm. the better. So yes, where can, um, where can listeners find your services? You can um, search me on psychology today, which is a great way to find therapists in your area. Um, but you can also go to my website, www.cultivategrowth.com therapy.com my practice is called cultivate therapy and i'm in boulder and i have an office space there and i also see people on zoom and have found it to be super effective and just would love to support couples in having it all that's my hope is that you can be a super hardcore climber and have a super awesome relationship too because that is so important and it's possible so i have forever hope from couples
If you're sitting there thinking, how the hell do these guys keep this amazing run of incredible content up and going? Then look no further than our Patreon account at patreon.com slash runoutpodcast. Support the run out there and get a buoyant bonus content like the story of how a dick move on Tenken Poche in the Himalaya nearly got Andrew canceled again. The bonus material is raw and for your ears only when you become a patron. So join us in the shadowy inside world of climbing at patreon.com slash runoutpodcast. On today's final bit, we present the track She Sings by One Grass, Two Grass. Dedicated climber and musician, Sam Trimboli authored this tune and plays bass and provides lead vocals. Sam and the band are based in Sonoma County, California, and though the pandemic slowed their role a bit, the latest album, All Storms Pass, is available on Spotify. And with a little luck, they'll be back on the road this year. Tour info and news at onegrass2grass.com. Guitar and the people all stopped what they were doing in the night. We've been drinking, we've been taking funny things, trying to relieve the weight of this life. And her voice softly sails over the fire burning low. Dance and we'll sing to the songs that we know. She sings the love, she sings the life, she sings sorrow, she sings the pain. She sings of being stranded, broke down on beliefs, being strong out in the rain. I can tell she's going through it. Back down to earth until the next 
You've just finished another episode of the Runout Podcast. I'm Andrew Bisharat, and you can reach me at andrew at runoutpodcast.com. And I'm Chris Kalous, and you can reach me at andrew at runoutpodcast.com. <laughs> Dude, come on. <laughs> because Chris at runoutpodcast.com is where emails go to die. That's true. We also have a Patreon that you can support our show at, and it's runoutpodcast.patreon.runoutpodcast.com. No, 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 no. It's patreon.com slash runoutpodcast. Yes. <laughs> if you dream of sending 514 every month for the rest of your life, <laughs> you should go and sign up at patreon slash runoutpodcast.com. <laughs> no, pot.com slash runoutpodcast. Something like that. Give us some money. I mean, there's no, I'm, I'm sure there's no toxic climbing relationships anywhere in Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go, do you just do go, do you just go fishing like, at, at, at the climbing the gym there? Hey. Just like. <laughs> I do. Sometimes I will. I, I can't help it. At the climbing gym, I'll hear fights. And I, of course, you want to like listen in and be like, oh, let, like you know, let, let them, da- let them down or you, just. There's there's a lot there. There's a, there's. I feel like I could be of help. Excuse me. I no noticed that you guys are no fighting, but I feel like I can be of help right now. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, that's that's going to be your business, Andrew. You'll just like do do a. You could just put a little like like Lucy, you know, peanut Lucy uh, kiosk in the gym, like five dollar therapy yeah. for like two minutes or whatever. <laughs> Conflict resolution by Andrew Bisharat. Like, yeah, be, like <laughs> I, I'll invest in that for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>